Welcome to No Room for Phonies. This is our June 15th uh, podcast, and I think it's number 18, but I don't think it matters anymore as you move ahead. But um, today I just wanted to talk about um, something that is really uh, close to my heart right now. It's about that whole idea of when I know better, I do better. And when I first started thinking about that is when I was reading a lot of things by Maya Angelou and uh, I appreciate uh, her quotes and her writing a a lot. Um, She's persistent, um, relentless, I guess is a good word for it, and not letting anything hold her back. And uh, I feel like I was like that in my career Uh, when I met a child or a family that needed help or I was trying to support a teacher or do something. I was pretty relentless when especially if I thought that something was um, wrong or not being done properly. I I was although she um, was relentless and I think sometimes that word has maybe a negative connotation. She has courage and humility and her writings reveal how much she knew herself and also the plight of the marginalized in the world around her and I I would include women in that. I, I don't think that women are no longer marginalized. So there's a few quotes that I really um, have liked And one of them is that you may not control all the events that happen to you, but you can decide not to be reduced by them. And uh, that has been very true for me. Um, I've had some really nasty things happen to me, particularly around my job and bullying and mostly because I was a woman and a strong woman. And uh, I have decided in my life not to be reduced by them. And I think that's part of the reason why I have decided to do this podcast, even though I don't have like a huge listening audience or anything. I always feel that um, somewhere someone needs to hear what you have to say. If you say it um, from the motivation of just genuine, genuinely wanting to be added value to the world and to to hopefully um, do something good. And the other one, this quote is uh, one that she shared, we need much less than we think we need. And uh, we are around here at least kind of winding down a little bit of the COVID, although there are varying degrees of opinion about that, of how fast people should move out and how safe it really is, but that will always be the case. But I have certainly found over these months of COVID that I need a lot less than I think I need. I used to run out to the store if I was missing this or that. Now I look around my pantry and make a substitution. And I know that's a simple thing, but it's it's really um, interesting how that has become a thing. Um, The other one I like that she says is never make someone a priority when all you are to them is an option. And I have felt that way about some people in my life where um, I'm always the one reaching out. I'm always the one, oh, do you want to get together? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And I realized after you realize after a while that they have way that you're not a priority, you're just, oh, well, if nobody else that I really want to be with or really makes me 
whatever, um, then I'll I'll say yes to this person. And you shouldn't do that to yourself. And I think in your heart, you always know that when you're, you know, not that you're number one in their books, but when you're part of um, who they consider to be someone that they want to spend time with, or when you're just the last option on their list. And that goes with this, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. I've been burned by that. And sometimes you just have to let it burn and realize that that's just how people are. And when you're a person that puts yourself out there and tries to help people and and be kind, that sometimes you are going to get burned. But often people show you who they are the first time. And then the quote that kind of is around this whole day and what I'm talking about is do the best you can until you know better Then when you know better, do better. And uh, I think that um, is should be thought about because um, I think we are in a constant state of knowing better. Today, I know better than I did yesterday about certain things. And the next hour ahead, I may talk to someone and it may help me know something better and do something different than I did uh, yesterday. So I, I just, that's one of my favorite quotes. And then she, um, this is a quote for her at 82. I didn't look up to see anything about her right now, but this is what I am learning. At 82 years old, the main thing is to be in love with the search for truth. And I I read a ton and I um, listen to a lot of things. I'm taking an online course, like I do a lot of things. And I think that search for truth, truth does make people feel uncomfortable. And sometimes when you are truthful and I've talked a lot about that with people of, well, do you have to be like blatantly honest every second of your day? No, you don't have to go about hurting people, but you do have to live your truth. And here's another quote by her. I found that among its other benefits, giving liberates the soul of the giver. I have um, learned over my lifetime to give without expectation and, uh, I find that it does liberate my soul. Um, and I, you know, I don't try to, th- I try not to think about, oh, did they really like it or whatever. I gave with my heart. And then what goes on from there is the choice of the person who receives it. And I like this one right now, especially with all the um, protesting and, you know, how um, marginalization and racism have again been brought to the forefront, which Anyway, I just like this quote that says, you should be angry. You must not be bitter. Bitterness is like cancer. It eats upon the host. It doesn't do anything to the object of its displeasure. So use that anger. You write, you paint, you dance it, you march it, you vote it. You do everything about it. You talk it and you never stop talking it. And I think that uh, words are powerful And so, um, but living it out is also powerful. So you need to look within your soul and do the thing that is right for you to do in order to support the cause that makes you angry, but not to result in, in bitterness. My mother said, I must always be intolerant of ignorance, but understanding of illiteracy. And I guess as a teacher... Um, that, that quote just 
remind, you know, made me feel um, that that's how I live out my life is that I really, um, people who are ignorant, very much upset me. They do bring out the truth in me because I I don't like ignorance. But I taught a lot of people to to read and uh, older people, older kids, particularly, uh, because I worked in special education. And that look on their face, when they can read it is something I, I will treasure for my life. And this one says we can be better, we can be wiser, we can be more kind. Yes, we have to change. We have to grow up and stop acting like 10 years old. Yes, there is much to do, much to see, and much to go into. I mean, that's self-explanatory. We can always be better and we have to be our own change. We have to take responsibility for ourselves. I think a hero is any person really intent on making this a better place for all people. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about heroes during this pandemic. And uh, I think anybody who was really intent on making things better during this pandemic by following the rules, by not being whiny about their job or what they have to do that's different or what they're missing or any everything about it. I think that's heroic behavior. I don't think you have to be somebody amazing to be a hero. And, you know, it's everyday heroes kind of a thing. I have enough of life in me to make somebody jealous enough to want to knock me down. I have so much courage in me that I have the effrontery, the incredible gall to stand up. That's it. That's how you get to know who you are. And I think during um, crisis or during hard times or doing anything that uh, pushes us past our limits, that's when we kind of find out what we're made of. And, uh, you know, as I've watched people react to having to be home, having to do their jobs differently and having to, you know, take care of their children differently, it has been interesting to see um you know, how people have handled, handled different things. And, uh, you know, we have tried here because throughout this, we have had an income and an opportunity to work. So we have tried to frame everything that we've said around it in that we are grateful because we are like um, people who can stay home and can protect ourselves from things. We don't have to, you know, go and work um, under conditions that are not as maybe as safe. And so we need to be very, very, very thankful. I like this one a lot too. I pray for humility because that comes from inside out. And what humility does for one is it reminds us that there are people before me. I have already been paid for. And what I need to do is prepare myself so that I can pay for someone else who has yet to come, but who may be here and needs me. I think that's the whole idea that um, our purpose in life is actually to make the world a better place. And as simple or as straightforward as that may be, As a young mother, I felt I was making the world a better place just by simply looking after my children and not looking for some grandiose thing to do, but by looking after my children. When I was a principal, 
I felt that um, I was making the world a better place by looking after kids and making sure that all their needs were met and not worrying about whether I was considered to be the best principal in the world or really receiving accolades or awards or whatever or attention, but just by working to make the world a better place. And I'm not saying it didn't ever bother me when I saw those around me, like getting all this attention for stuff that I was doing quietly. It did. I mean, this that's human nature. And then I guess this one really does sum up, you know, some of the things that we've been going through. And it's the her, the last quote that I, I'm going to talk about, although there are hundreds by her. Hoping for the best, prepared for the worst, and unsurprised by anything in between. And I really try to live my life that way, sort of with this balance, even, mature kind of approach. Although I don't always feel that way. Things rile me up and I get... I get so like I want to post something on Facebook about somebody who's posting and posting and posting stuff that just dri- is driving me crazy. But I know that giving into that really doesn't help and that I should just be unsurprised by things and just um, work through life. And I guess that leads me into the next section that I really wanted to talk about is that whole idea of perspective is everything and kind of removing the log from your eye and realizing that, you know, you've had times in your life and that I know I have where I haven't had perspective and uh, that I've said things that really didn't need to be said or didn't need to be attacked because of the perspective that I was looking at things from. So I spent a lot of time reading. Um, Right now, I am literally almost reading a book every 48 hours. So which is a reflection of the time of my life, right? I'm retired. I don't have a lot. My kids don't have kids yet. I don't have a lot of commitments. I garden, I sew, I clean the house, I go for walks and bike rides, I do my best to help people. But even right now, like, before the pandemic, I was doing a lot of like, I'll drop you off some muffins or a meal or something like that. But I haven't felt comfortable doing that yet. So um, I'm just kind of waiting for things to get back to a little bit more normal. But I read I read stuff that is not impactful. I I call them beach reads, but I also read a lot of impactful stuff. I just finished the book Untamed. That had a that has had a big uh, impact on me, and uh, I read it. I mean, I've had people say that it's she as a character can be somewhat hedonistic, but I don't see her that way. Um, she has a it's a very interesting perspective on on life and on sorting through things and I I really was impacted by it um and I can't a lot of times I'll write down quotes from books and sometimes I'll think oh I wish I had written down quotes from books and I'm I one of my goals is to try to get better at when I'm you know, reading a book, and even if it's just a novel, and I see a quote that makes me feel a certain way that I'm going to like write it down and, and keep it and, you know, use it at some point. Um, but this as the same way as I can read something impactful and not be changed. 
I, I can't see things that are cruel and heartless and not be changed. And uh, I think that's the beginning of like, how our perspective gets, um, how we can change our perspective, that we're not hardened to things. And uh, that we actually t take the time to feel it when it feels bad and not to shut it out. Um, because relationships and stories are really the thing that are used to meet people where they are and to evoke some kind of feeling that may change our perspective. And I don't know, I grew up in a very um, fundamentalist church where there was a lot of indoctrination um, and it impacts our perspective on women, on racism, on what is right and what is wrong. So I think um, sometimes we have to look past indoctrination because it has taught us to actually feel a certain way about certain things like, um, you know, uh, uh, sexual orientation or what women should be doing. And, you know, and I, um, I just posted about, um, cause I've been posting, I've been on a little journey examining, uh, my reading patterns and my post for today was who is your favorite author? And my favorite author is actually Miriam Taves, who is a Canadian author who grew up in Steinbach, Manitoba, where I have actually visited with my son and did the Miriam Steinbach walking tour, which is not promoted by the town of Steinbach because she wrote about a different perspective on Mennonite heritage in that particular place. And it was not very well received. So, um, there's a, a group of people who have been indoctrinated and, and in a certain way and for certain for reasons, right? There's a lot of struggle. They had to come from Paraguay or from Russia or from wherever they came under to horrible circumstances, like deeply disturbing circumstances. So the way they've lived their lives is kind of based on the trauma that they had, ex you know, experienced. So um, but I think that in other, in there, you have to come to terms with who you are and you have to, you have to be real yourself before you can convince other people of who you are. And I've met people who are what I would consider, um, indoctrinated, but are very, very real about themselves and and who they are and uh, I just want to always um, remember that I need to see life from their pers perspective as well so um, I, I just I don't want to be that kind of person that can't see people from their from you know a variety of different perspectives. And if I'm going to have a variety of relationships with people, um, I'm going to have to um, be willing to listen to them and listen to their perspectives. And I, I mean, um, 
I think power struggles occur when we focus more on what we think the person wants uh, than being authentic. Because I've been um, learning about and reading about congruence in relationship and consistency. And I think that I am better at having relationships with people who are who they are, even if I don't necessarily agree with that. And if you can actually have a deeply connected relationship where you don't have to agree on everything. And um, I think that the only way that we can understand someone's uh, perspective is if we attend to them and with a with a sense of immediacy where we are um, really listening and trying to take a moment to say, okay, I can understand, I can imagine why that person feels that way. Like people who suffered through war. And then I knew a couple, an older couple when I was growing up who had like tons and tons and tons of canned food and some of it was outdated. And I just remember as a teenager looking at their um, pantry and thinking, why would you have all this like outdated food? But then realizing, you know, from their perspective, they grew up in a time where they couldn't get things sometimes. So they became hoarders. And so I think we are only as good as our imagination, right? Where we can imagine how somebody else can feel. And I, um, I can never understand how a, a black person feels or, um, how a marginalized um, gay person or lesbian person feels. And because um, racism is about perspective as well, um, we have been conditioned sometimes to feel a certain way, almost indoctrinated um, to feel a certain way about a group of people that they can't be trusted or that they, you know, are have to be feared. And we would think we would have grown past these perspectives. But it sometimes that um, indoctrination just creates a gap in our understanding. Because we're making assumptions about what we think a person is based on history, usually history, I mean, I've been reading to the two last books I've read on for some reason have been about uh, Nazi Germany and the plight of the Jews, the horrible plight of the Jews. And one about the Austrian takeover and one was about France. And, you know, so th those some of those assumptions, are there people in the world that still feel that way about the Jewish race? I, I don't know. Have we moved past that? So I guess my, I think my, part of my feeling about um, the world being a better place is for us to actually practice taking many different perspectives on something that someone is living or saying. How many perceptual positions can you take on a certain issue? Like, can you switch from a whole bunch of different angles and I think you actually have to discipline yourself and practice looking at things from another perspective other than your own. 
And I think sometimes the question is, okay, can you see that in a different way? Can you see that in a different way? And I, I wish that that's how te- uh, history was taught, where you kind of think, okay, here's the big question. How did World War II impact us? Okay, I want to come up with as many different perspectives on that as you can come up with. And let kids start practicing looking at light from a variety of different perspectives. And to take a third person stance, like actually teach people to say, okay, I, I get you, I understand how you feel about this, but take a step back and look at it from uh, like you were a TV camera looking in on the situation. I think it's really hard and I think you have to practice, especially as we get older, because we do get entrenched in our beliefs and our beliefs and our way of, of looking at things. I think we always have to ask about someone's intentions instead of assuming the worst. Did you really mean to do that to me? Do you understand the impact that you had on this certain situation? Because I don't think that we are naturally reflective necessarily about some of the things we do and say. And I, I read this recently where it said, put aside egos and remember we're all on the same team. And I, I was very impacted by that statement because we're in, a lot of us are interested in status and, you know, in looking good and feeling good and wanting this and wanting that instead of just saying, hey, we're all on the same team here and I want to make sure that everybody gets their fair share. I think a perspective is like a family. It's both held and it's both free. I have my perspectives, but I am free to look at things from other uh, perspectives. Which leads me to think about you, you, you have a perspective, I guess, based on your core beliefs. And I'm trying to get to the point in the in my life where I live my truth and I I don't know if I'll ever get there cuz I keep re-examining my truth. But I have tried to stop explaining myself to others and just live by what is in my heart and live by trying to add value. And there are certainly times in my life when I feel really authentic and principled when I get um led into something that doesn't feel right with me, then it feels meaningless. I was at a group one time and a person really started imitating a certain accent and talking really negatively about a certain race or race of people. And because I didn't want to make a fuss, I just sat quietly with my knitting and whatever. I didn't laugh or I didn't participate. But I walked out of there feeling, I don't know if I ever want to go back to that situation because I didn't feel comfortable enough to speak my truth. I mean, I did a lot of advocating for people in my job. I also did a lot of holding myself and others accountable. Holding other people accountable is rough. And uh, particularly when they're not ready to change or grow or want to hold them want to be held accountable and living your truth is is not comfortable sometimes and sometimes you just have to react from a place of knowing rather than feeling 
and um, not be emotionally enslaved to people or things that go against your values or things that try to bring you down. Sometimes you just have to step away. And in the end, that's what I did in my job. It, The institution that I worked for got so... I didn't know what it stood for anymore. And so luckily I was financially in a position where I could step away. And it was very hurtful because they were very nasty. But I stepped away. Lots of things in life are just reasonable to do. But I have... If you live by your core values, they help you choose what is right for you. And I think it keeps you healthier. And I think that even though you have your core values, you're you're more tolerant and accepting and accepting and loving because you um well, and I guess it depends what your core value is. I mean mine is you know, I, I I want to talk about them in a future podcast, but I I try to choose choose core values where um, they point me in the direction of my vision of life, which is to add value and care for my family and care for those around me and you know be strong and truthful and right. So those are values that also allow you to be tolerant and loving Um, and then there's the whole idea that if you have core values you don't fall into that common habit of allowing limiting beliefs to dominate your thinking you can stop those kinds of things like some of the things that are limiting is like I've met people who you know in a crowd when you're having a conversation you know that their opinion is all that matters at least to them where you start feeling that you're responsible for others or you're not good enough or you have to keep everybody else happy. We're saying no is bad or, you know, I don't deserve to be happy. I'm not anything special because I've never achieved anything special. I'm, I'm too weak to do this. I'll never find the strength to change. This is all there is and this is as good as life gets. I'll always struggle while other people have it easier and I can't control my actions or behavior because I have anxiety or depression. I have decided to hold only beliefs that are empowering to me. I can change. I can be better. I can make a contribution. And that, you know, that's kind of the big thing that has hit me. I want to be a contributor, not a taker. I need a purpose. And I think everybody does need to mature to their own worldview and understanding of self. But I don't think that that ever really happens, that you're always striving and you're always learning more. And that part of being a human being is just what I said, when I know better, I do better. And then that whole idea of personal validation, that's a really hard one because we do want to feel valued. But I think um, as we get into um, understanding more about ourselves and being more um, loving and patient with ourselves, that helps us. And we have to keep moving and keep striving for more. 
I I recently um, heard of self-consumptionitis and and how that can lead us to just being depressed. Well, I think in the old days, we would have called that navel gazing, but it's that whole um, idea that we're just focused on ourselves. And we need to think of, we need to be careful of our thoughts because our thoughts need to produce a productive life where we contribute. And sometimes our thoughts can take over us and we can just get into the spiral of things. Well, nobody likes me. And I think that person is, you know, being mean to me and talking about me behind my back. And I know they don't like me and I know this and I know that when we really don't know, unless we ask. I mean, I think sometimes I have pretty good intuitions about people. And so that's, you know, allows me to make a choice about things. But, you know, in your in a marriage, for example, you can't assume anything about what the other person is thinking. And um, a big thing that happened in education, in kindergarten education in Ontario, is they started to talk about self-regulation and I think that self-regulation is something that we um, as adults need to do as well. We need to self-regulate so that we can make calculated, well-adjusted and mature responses to things, not just emotionally led uh, reactions. We have to transcend ourselves. We have to live for a purpose that is greater than ourselves. And the four words uh, that I really like are hope, faith, risk, and love. And not worrying about whether we're seen as significant, but be grounded in our own identity and self-worth. I want to feel horror when I know something is wrong. And I want to make the world a better place. When I know better, I'm going to do better. So thanks for listening to um, No Room for Phonies. Um, I really have started this whole journey on introspection and and um, learning about how I can be a better person and how I can be more of a contributor. So I'm sure you're going to hear uh, more about this as uh, in the next uh, few podcasts. Maybe all this time of being at home and not being a part of a busy life has obviously made me a bit more reflective, but um, also I've had more of an opportunity to read, so that I think that has had an impact as well. So I'll try to share other books as I go along. I know I shared uh, the book Untamed. Um, Glennon Doyle is the author of that one and then Miriam Taves she has a myriad of books and also Maya Angelou so a few uh, authors that have uh, touched my life and made me think so again thanks for listening to No Room for Phonies when I knew no better I do better <laughs>